millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to episode 27 of the official Geek Speak podcast. I am your host, Sean. And join as always is my co-host, Josh Seasons Beatings, Rudy Rudolph. This is the podcast. Po- this is the this is that thing the call you listen to. Podcasting, where you watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? <laughs> it, indeed, it is the time of season seasons beating. So. Not yet. Not yet. No. Uh, How dare you lie? But that's what your name is now. You have watched that trailer, right? <laughs> yes. We'll get to that. <sighs> we last recorded about. Two weeks ago, slash one month ago, depending on how you think of it. We fixed the time-space continuum from last episode, so we should be good now. Hopefully. If it breaks again, you'll know. That includes our Miracle in Lane 2 thoughts this episode instead of last episode. If you listened to last episode, you know why. Oh my god. It's been a time. It's been a little bit since we sat down and recorded, Josh. Just a wee bit. How you doing? I'm fine. A little bit tired, but a little bit chill, so it's all cool. I think you're high. Oh, I'm high on life, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, every episode, we go through a different Disney Channel original movie, or DCOM for short, and we'll see how in a short period of time, the biggest media corporation on Earth, Disney, caters towards solely children with a large sample size, and we'll see any quality changes, etc. Um... And this episode, we're doing Miracle in Lane 2, the Frankie Muniz film. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. After that, we also have our news section about weekly uh, geeky and nerdy news, followed by our main topic for the episode, which is in the title. And then we end it with a thing called Super Weird Stories, where I go through a different problematic or wholesome or silly or weird or just whatever kind of story from comic books or involving comic books or superheroes. That's our episode. That's our show. Crazy. It's almost like we have a pattern. Also, She-Hulk is almost over. That's, Sad. That's fun so far. Uh, Matt Murdock is a slut. He is, and we stand for it. <laughs> uh, Matt Murdock is a whore. <laughs> Which also, we're not shaming anyone for. Never. Just, just saying that we love him, and we love what they're doing. That's great. Oh, you've seen Werewolf by Night. I've not watched it yet. I'm watching it for next week's episode. Um, you enjoyed it? It is a lot of fun. Michael Giacchino's directorial debut. For those who don't know, he's composed most like major Hollywood movies lately, like the Batman and the Spider-Man Tom Holland trilogy. And Incredibles. He does a great job as director. Incredibles. 
Yes. I love that it's his debut and he did a great job. That sounds great to me. It's got Jack Russell in it, and it's got Man-Thing. And other characters, question mark? Potentially. It's got Beeples. What have you watched lately that's non-superhero-y and not spooky either? That's a wonderful question. Oh, you saw Avatar. I did. Um, not the good one. You saw the bad blue. You saw the one that James Cameron did. It's not bad. It's just mediocre. Like to anyone that thinks that it's good, you have seen Fern Gully or Pocahontas before, right? Like okay. it's just those. Pocahontas. Have you seen any of those? Films? Pocahontas is not good. I've seen Fern Gully way back when. Fern and what's is funny, good. What's funny is, is that I saw this at the Alamo. They play clips of stuff of random things before the movie. They literally played the trailer for Fern Gully before the movie. They know what it is. <laughs> so that's just funny to me. What, did it, what have we seen recently? It's also just cultural appropriation. But also, also, <laughs> Unobtainium is the medal in it. That movie got nominated for Best Picture. And they... Cameron couldn't even figure out an interesting name for the magic mineral that we never find out its purpose, so he calls it unobtainium. What the hell? You've um, not seen Smile yet, correct? Not yet. I've been meaning to. It's. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on it. I can only get into it right now. Uh, Bros was really fun. Yes, I saw Bros. Uh, great time. Very funny. It's a very funny movie, and it's good seeing Billy Eichner do something that's not just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because I'm not asking him to tone it down, but like it's nice seeing that he has a lot of more range than just being than just being loud. Like he is on Parks and Rec, uh, I think he's funny, but not always not always as, as funny as he could be. Also, I love that uh, his co-star has been known for Hallmark movies, and they make fun of Hallmark I, constantly. I literally looked it up before uh, after the movie uh, just to see what he was in. He was in Hallmark, and the movie makes fun of Hallmark movies. That's great. Yep. I love that. Uh, I finally saw Ocean's Eleven. I'd never seen it before. I've only seen Ocean's 8. It's not a prequel, but it's still weird that's the only one I've seen. Is Danny Ocean in Ocean's 8? He's referenced. Uh, Sandra Bullock plays his sister. Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm like who, which, which ocean is it? Um, okay. Uh, it's a good movie. I've heard. They don't give you any time with any character. Because <laughs> 11 of them. <laughs> hey, oh, it keeps going up. <laughs> uh, I know. That's why I'm like, nervous to watch Ocean's 13, for instance. Like, this would be too many people. 11 was hard. Okay. But Don Cheadle's British in it, so that's fun. <laughs> I've heard. And he likes big booms. DCOM time, I guess. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> so a little bit ago, we watched a movie called Miracle in Lane 2. We watched this movie, I think, in August? Probably. Yes. Because August is when D23 happened. We watched this during our Turtles episode that never aired. I want to look yeah. up when I watched Miracle in Lane 2 now. Because uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, August, September 9th, sorry. That's when I watched it. So it's been about a month. I do have notes still, but overall it's going to be a short recap. Because we already did a whole long one that, if you listen to the last episode, cannot be aired. I could not salvage this audio. It was bad. I also We also did a whole episode on the history of the creation of the Ninja Turtles and their entire evolution throughout time. And again, none of it is salvageable, and that's so frustrating. I lost my voice for a day because of this. Josh, Miracle Lane 2, we both, we both still give a yay to? I give it a yay. Good movie? Fun time? Yeah. Fun time. Frankie Mina's could always be fun. Tut Watkins was uh, from Parks and Recreation as Pistol Pete was God in this. So that's fun. 
his his talks with God I always found to be just kind of out, out of nowhere, but also pretty funny. If you've not heard of Miracle Lane 2, it's on Disney Plus. You should go watch it. It's pretty fun. It's a really fun Disney Channel movie that I guess transcends what that usually means. It's just a decent movie overall, and it got me emotional at one point because it's about siblings for a lot of it. And there, this is probably one of the best depictions of siblings I've seen on screen in a while, and like of the family dynamic. I don't, what's the story, Josh? Boy who's was born with uh, diseases that hinder his body, so like he can't walk. He has to use a wheelchair and stuff. Has to go to the hospital, get fluid, drink from his brain. Um, a lot of fun stuff. He wants to just kind of like prove to himself and his family that like you know he is able, to, capable of doing stuff that like his brother could do, like sports and physicality. And so rather than do like you know traditional sports, he decides he's going to do uh, soapbox derby, uh, build a car, race it down the street, uh, that kind of fun stuff. I zoned out, but I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he ruins a trophy, and then he tries to find different ways to get one, like playing chess. After learning for, studying chess for three days, he loses in chess. Uh, it's, almost, natu- it's almost like you need a little bit more time to be able to do that. <laughs> to do a chess tournament against... And then his brother has a, has a wall of trophies, so he sleeps in the same room with him. So he sees that every night, and it's like, damn, I can't do anything. But jokes on him because he can. <laughs> he can box car race. So box car. I'm not even about to say he can box. I would love to watch that movie. When, hold on, Nicole. Why are you dying? She texted me saying that she's dying. Wow. There's a great lines in this movie. Like he says, "Beaten by an embryo" about playing chess with a someone who's like two years younger than him. Sorry, um, I forgot about that. Things like. Break a window or, window or two and parents freak out. Like, he's he's very funny. And he also cannot talk to people. He is so bad at communication. It's great. Because in his life, he never... It's a very different way to communicate. People will look at you and talk to you differently his entire life. Um, he's in a wheelchair. He can't do anything that his brothers can do. Um, his brother is in therapy at about the stress of being the perfect older brother while also having to worry about his younger brother. And all this stuff, and it's really, really, really well made in that in that sense. Mm-hmm. At one point, it turned into the beginning of Hook, with his dad trying to get to his son's baseball game. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love how I'm reminding Josh what happened in this movie. It's uh, not that I, do, that I don't remember. It's just my brain needs to re- remember. I so, think one of the funniest uh, one of the funniest bits to me was that early on they went to a funeral. The funeral was not a big deal. They happened to go to a funeral, <laughs> and. <laughs> Naturally, kids might just start wandering off and they're just daydreaming in their head because it's not always exciting. And the kids started, uh, the main character started thinking, well, what if I died? What would my funeral be like? Which is a natural thought all people have thought in their lives. But, Josh, what happened in this daydream he had? He starts imagining what the, uh, people would be saying and thinking at his funeral. Uh, and they can't, the pastor that's doing it can't think of anything. He's like, what can I say about this dead child? Oh, yeah, I guess he existed. But his wheelchair, man, that was like some quality wheelchair. I uh, kid you not, that is what they started talking about in his daydream. And then he literally shouted out loud, what about me at this funeral, at this actual funeral, out loud? <laughs> and then never address it. It's great. Because, which makes me think, this kind of stuff happens a lot. Where he'll just start wandering, because he daydreams a lot, he also talks to himself a lot. He yeah. also talks to God a lot, and then at one point, God shuts him out and stops responding back. Yeah! Um, and that was hilarious. Also, God is a NASCAR racer, 
who is kind of real and knows who he... It's weird. I watched the movie to understand that part, but at one point, his depiction of God comes to his bedside table when he's in a hospital and takes his bedpan, and then when no one knows he was there, and then they see it on TV and he actually has the bedpan with him. So it implies that it really happened. What happened, Josh? I guess he was just there for some reason at the hospital, and then like he had heard about you know the soapbox derby and went to visit him. Why he kept the bedpan though, I don't understand because it is a bedpan. And like, the... Sully from Brooklyn Nine Nine is in this as one of Scully his... shows up. Yeah, as one of his competitors' fathers. And I said Sully. Yeah, Scully. This boy's an idiot though. Like, this main character, he's dumb. Not in, like... He's a lovable idiot, though. Like, not he's actually stupid, but the way he thinks sometimes, he gets so driven and, like, just, like, blinded by one thing. Like, there's, for instance, he befriends an old man across the street, which is a made a part of the story, and that's a good person he's befriending, who everyone just assumes is evil, despite him just being a loner, by, like, living alone. And it's not like no one goes into the house. He's out and about in society, this, this man across the street. I don't understand why I, there's always movies of like kids like that that house no one goes in or out. I heard, I'm sure he kills kids. I heard he skins cats. I mean, like I heard all these bad things, but like no, he's just a dude and just he he's just old. Like that, he's like six. He's like sixty five, probably sixty two. I don't know something around that age, and he just he goes shopping. He goes to normal normal events. He goes to a car show. Like he's a, he's normal-, a normal dude. <laughs> Um, he just might be a little bit less social. That's literally it. Kids are mean. <laughs> but our main boy befriends him because he helps him get a trophy. And then when the trophy is delivered, my man's... <laughs> the man that wore the wheelchair, Frankie Muniz, he is so determined to get this trophy, which is the catalyst for the rest of the story. This one event happening. He is dumb. He rolls up to this, to this open garage. Sees a box in his garage, high up, labeled metal. And he, th- and he thinks, literally, it's mine, it's mine! Bruh. <laughs> it, it might just be a box of metal. metal. <laughs> and, if I recall correctly, it was not the trophy in there. Yeah, it was not, it was no, not the trophy. No, it wasn't. It was, it was just metal. Yeah. Because the trophy came in the guy's car later on looking for him. Um, and it fell and destroyed the guy's car, which it didn't really do a lot of damage according to the movie, but... And whatever, it created this forced labor friendship <laughs> uh, of him helping out around the stuff he destroyed. And then they became besties, even though he is literally just Doc from Cars. Yep. And you'd understand if you watch the movie. There's a line near the end of the movie where Frankie Muniz's character is talking to God, and it says, he says, when people get to heaven, blah, 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 and then God says, would you like to see? Bitch, what? Are you going to kill this kid now? (laughs) And then he just shows him a heaven full of people in wheelchairs flying around. They're going for, like, a nice message, but, like, it looks ridiculous. Um... The actual box car racing stuff, they made us care about a sport in this, finally. Yeah, like, it made Soapbox Derby interesting. Mostly because it made us care about the characters' motivations and their interests and their goals. 
so much that we wanted him to we wanted to root for a character and something that we might not have otherwise cared about. Unlike Brink. And what's weird is that this comes from the director of Brink. He learned. He grew. I wish media in general treated therapy better, though. That's one thing in this movie I wish they did better. Um, they tried a little bit, but kids are dumb, and he didn't need to hide it or be ashamed of it. Yeah. He kind of just, like, talks about it, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Josh, we should make our own Geek Speak boxcar race. Just you and me. <laughs> but and, no competitions, we're just racing it down the streets. Yeah. But maybe every person we've ever had as a guest has to hop on, too. Yes. From across the country, just fly, and just, just to race down a hill. Well, we, we don't tell them what they're coming here for. We promise money and instead give them a boxcar to head down a hill. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There might be pizza afterwards. No, I work at a pizza place. No. It's fun. Worth watching. Yeah. I say it's definitely one of the better uh, DCOMs. Yes. It's in my top three now, probably. Can of Worms is still probably number one. Just Nothing can top that. <laughs> uh, what's our next decom, Josh? I believe it is. Hold on. The next one is Stepsister from Planet Weird. We are back to the nonsense movies. Hell yes. Please let it be continuously nonsense throughout. Also, the title of this movie, Miracle in Lane 2, is not referencing a sequel. It's referencing he is in Lane 2 in this final race. But it makes it sound like it's a sequel. Well, if you call a movie Miracle in Lane, that's a dumb name for a movie. But if it said, like, Miracle in Lane 38, it would not feel like a sequel then. You guys should have maybe more lanes? I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Make it one. Lane one. Because still that would make no confusion. Anyway. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yay! <laughs> yes, Queen. Moving on. <laughs> we have about two weeks worth of news to talk about. Approximately. That was a fun voice. I don't know where that came from. Starting with Josh's favorite thing on Earth, his Discord profile picture, is also this thing, The Last of Us. The Last of Us show uh, starring James Earl Jones. Nope, starring Pedro Pascal. Um, <laughs> what did I say James Earl Jones? I the don't La- know. The Last of Us show starring Nick Offerman and Pedro Pascal and uh, others. L. Fanning? That's not right. <laughs> Who's playing? Bella, B- Bella Ramsey. That's more accurate. I don't want to say fan. Her name's Ellie, right? Is that why? Yes. Okay, I thought of L or Ellie, and I'm like, huh, what's the name for that? That doesn't work, right? The Last of Us trailer came out about two weeks ago when we last recorded on the 26th, and now we've watched that, and he loves this trailer. I saw a, an apocalyptic area, a dude riding a horse, some clicking thing, and... Some words on a wall and a big light in a tube. I like being lost. As someone that has played the games and knows all this stuff, I am so goddamn excited. This looks perfect to me as an adaptation. Like, you got the creator of the game working on it. You have the creator of Chernobyl also making it. Like, it's it's going to be great. I love the casting. I love everything about it. This looks so good. And adaptations, again, should have changed. They should not be a one-to-one story. Otherwise, why do it? So I'm hoping it's going to have some fun changes from the original as well, because then it would have a, a reason to be even existing. 
Yes, already in the trailer, there is a new character that was not in the game. So I'm curious what that what she'll be like. Uh, it looks like that there's going to be more stuff uh, from another character. Don't know if it'll be exploring her past, but that could also be something. And I think it's 10 episodes. So I would imagine that there's going to be a good amount of additions to it. Um, And then, like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, for instance, The Walking Dead show introduced Daryl Dixon, played by, played by Norman Reedus, who is not in the comic at all. And he's a fan favorite character. So I'm excited to see what adaptations can do by adding things like that or making slight tweaks and see how different or interesting they can do. Yeah. E. Uh, I give this a yay. This looks really fun. I give it a big yay. What here most excites you? What thing from the trailer seems like, oh yeah, they're doing that thing or whatever? I am very excited to see the infected, so like the clickers and stuff, because it seems like they're doing them practically. They so. Are. Yeah, I'm. I can't wait to see what that looks like, like in like a realistic way, because that's just gonna be so creepy and great. And there's like even like bigger and like more disgusting versions. I can't wait. Is it like a fungus that did it to him? So the basis of the infection that turns him into not just zombies, but like these fungal infectious creatures, is an actual real thing. Uh, in insects and ants, there's oh, a thing that called. Thing. The, the cordyceps uh, fungus infection uh, it infects uh, ants and stuff, uh, kills them, sprouts fungus and like, you know, takes over like the colonies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they took it and put it into like, you know, what would happen if it happened to humans? Well, I'm glad. That's cool. Yes, um, it is very interesting. So, yeah, on this other news, name Namor, the man himself. He's got the winged feet. He does. Tanakh Huerta confirms he is a mutant in the MCU, which is fitting because he's also na- he's Marvel's first mutant in comics. Sort of. He is, in our, our world, their first mutant. He, was the, he is a character who existed pre-Marvel when they were still timely comics. Uh, yeah, and then he right. was later on became a mutant. Like They said he is a mutant. So that's why he is the first mutant in comics. Um. And that's fitting because he'll probably be the first official, official mutant. I know the uh, Kamala Khan thing in the show. Did they say mutation in that show or did they say mutant? I think uh, they said mutation. They, they said mutation and then you could hear like the X-Men 90s theme uh, play. Right. But I think this will be the first time this one says the word mutant on screen. Yeah, probably. And that's cool. Yay. He's got his I little, give yay. He's got a winged feet. Yeah, boy. <laughs> He, he goes flying. How fast can he fly with those low wing feet? I feel like they got to be doing a lot of work. Well, we, that brings us to our next point. The second Black Panther trailer came out. Have you watched it? Yes. Okay. He does a little, he, he does a little like, sky hops. <laughs> <laughs> His little sky jumps. His little bouncies. He does actual video game double jumps in midair. <laughs> oh. Egg, he, someone finally found a way. I love it. Uh, the Black Panther 2 trailer, I wish it showed a little bit less than it showed. I wish it didn't so, show the end suit at all of someone. Well, who knows? It might not be the end suit. We all know. No, I know, but I'm, it showed, in the, I'm saying at the end of the trailer, it showed a well, yeah. suit. I wish that was not shown on screen. I wanted to go even more blind for what who could be the next Black Panther, but I guess it's kind of addressed that, hey, this is probably Shuri. The movie does not need a mystery behind it. It's about a celebration of Chadwick's life, so... If we stop focusing yeah. on if we stop focusing on who's going to be next, we might focus on who was more. That's probably their intention behind showing that. I kind of 
I kind of wish we didn't get a second trailer at all because, like, you can't top that first trailer. That is, like, one of those, like, trailers that's just, like, it's so perfect in everything that it does. You don't need to sell me on anything else. I don't need to see anything else. I'm there day one. Yeah, I'm driving two hours to go see it. Two hours? Is it not playing near you? I'm watching it in IMAX. Oh. I have AMC A-list, and there's not an AMC of, like, 100 miles from me. Very I thought there wasn't an AMC close to you. There's one, but it doesn't have IMAX or Dolby. It's a very small ah. theater. The Black Panther 2 trailer looked good, though. Yes, it did. The Black Panther 2 trailer number two. There we go. It looked good. I liked the little hops he did uh, on the air. Uh, it was cool seeing more of Ironheart. And that's cool. Indeed. We also got confirmation of a queer character in Black Panther 2. Michaela Cole's character in Black Panther Wakanda Forever is queer and falls in love with Florence Kusamba's Ayo. Uh, and says, she said that their forbidden affair causes disruption in the ranks. Cool. Fun. We love queerness and we love affairs in the ranks. <laughs> affairs in the ranks is what drives the world. <laughs> I'm on a t-shirt next time, Josh. Good. Uh, we love affairs in the ranks. Uh, but not you, Ned Fulmer. No. No. I'm actually wearing my Try Guys hoodie currently, and I feel I should cover up one of the, one of the Triceratopses. <laughs> I need a little tape, duct tape, or gaff tape. That's more fitting. Armor Wars is going to be a movie now, not a show, which I'm so happy about, because I don't want to see their uh, the CGI like VFX artists stretching those Iron Man suits for ten episodes, six episodes, for seven I, hours. I think... I think Feige is starting to like uh, realize like maybe some of this stuff would work better if it was a movie. Change Secret Invasion to a movie, please. I mean, kind of can. They've already made it. I don't care. Cut half of it out. Make it a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Armor Wars being changed to a movie is great. I love that. Yes, but I think it's funny that like we haven't heard anything about it for years. And the first thing is it's like we're changing it to a movie now. Is there going to be anything else? No. Cool. We have a new logo. We got, got it last time. Oh, whoopee. Uh, yay. Give Don Cheadle a trilogy. Yes. But I'm assuming what happens in here is he, that he assumes that the tech from Ironheart, is from Riri Williams, is probably stolen Stark tech is my guess. And he's like, nah, we need to confiscate that. And she's like, nah, I built it myself. Ah, cool. Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny that, like, you know, Dodge Heel is just like, you, small child, you stole tech, I'm gonna come after you. <laughs> I'm gonna fight you, small child. She's not a small child! She's not, like, five years old, Josh! She's, like, 17 <laughs> years old, or something, like... It's... Um, I also heard a theory that she is probably one of the highest, like, achievers on the Wakanda outreach program that they established in the first Black Panther. That that could be oh. cool. That could be pretty cool. Because she's from New York, as everyone else is. Everyone's from New York City. Everyone is from New York. It's weird. Not Jennifer Walters. She's cool. She's from San Diego. Does it explain in the episode I haven't seen yet why Daredevil's not in New York? Yes, there is a reason okay, for it. Cool. I'll watch it before next episode. We're going to do a She-Hulk finale recap after episode 9, um, which is next week. Oh shit. oh, shit. Hold on. Maybe Next we week. Don't you mean Thursday? Oh, shit. 
So I guess that might be part of our episode next episode. Instead of DCOM, we'll have a She-Hulk talk. Because we have a guest. Oh, also, it's the last episode where we have a guest this episode. Their kid got sick, and they have to reschedule. So, they're still coming. So sad. But yay on Armor Wars becoming a movie, because that's great. They might realize they finally, hey, guys, we don't have enough story for this much. Maybe we can it down, because some of these shows might not have enough story. <laughs> I, get, I give yay. Yay. We have after the last Airbender news, which is fantastic for my after loving heart to be able to say. We have casting more announcements like some of this is already known, like uh Utkarsh Ambudkar was already announced as Boomy a while ago, and we knew that. But we didn't know that George Sakai was playing Ko the Face Stealer. That's news. That's interesting casting. Ooh. But I'm curious. George Sakai is already in Avatar. He's in book one, episode f- hold on, I'm gonna get this right. I'm going to go with episode 5. No, that's what's wrong. Episode 6, Imprisoned. He, when Haru is in prison, he's the warden on the the, the rig. Oh. Um, hold on, I'm going to get it right. Avatar. Avatar. I want to sure I get my episode right. I don't want to be look like a fool. <laughs> Book 1, ep 6, is it Imprisoned? Yeah, fuck yeah, I got it right. Imprisoned, because episode 5 is Omashu. King of Amashu. I know my episodes of Avatar by heart, like a random normal person. <laughs> but this casting is great. We also got um, Amber Midthunder, who was in Prey as Princess Yue. Yes, I'm so excited for that. We got an extra confirmation about Danny Pudi because we got a report a while ago that he was going to be playing the Mechanist, which is Teo's father, and that was a confirmed again. I love that still. Uh, Arden Cho is playing June the. The hunter, the bounty hunter. And I, That's a name familiar. Arden Show. She was in something you've watched. Um, she was in Teen Wolf. Haven't <laughs> you know, seen. Partner Track, The Selection, Agents of Secret Stuff, The Honor List, Chicago Med. What do you What do you know? She was She was in the first uh, Tomb Raider game from 2013. Okay, I know who she is. You know the voice cast of a Tomb Raider game. I looked it up very quickly. Okay. A little odd, but okay. Um, cool. And Utkarsh Ambudkar, who's playing King Bumi, he apparently worked out extremely to get ripped and then put on hours and hours of old man makeup. <laughs> that has me excited. Which is very good. They're not just making him younger. But yay on these casting announcements overall. Yay. Uh, I cannot wait to see old man ripped Bumi. It's going to be very, uh, it's gonna very be- funny. <laughs> Uh, yes. Just announced at New York Comic Con, we're getting a, an Azula graphic novel coming this summer, uh, followed by a Mako solo graphic novel. Maybe they can make Mako interesting. <laughs> because. <laughs> what, you, you, you mean a uh, g- generic man that falls in love with Korra and then afterwards doesn't know what to do? Becomes that, a cop? Becomes a, he just becomes a cop? He's, you're telling me he's not interesting? They made. Mako. He's the Ned Fulmer of the group. Oh no! It's then who's, true. Then, wait, then who's Boomy? Is is Boomy Keith? No, hold at the group of Mako. It's Mako, Bolin, Asami, and Korra. Why did I say Boomy? I knew it was Bolin. Bolin is a, a mixture of Zach and Keith. But I'm gonna go with Keith. Uh, Asami's Eugene. I don't want to call oh, Korra Shack. Sure. 
I don't want to call Cora Zach. Now nah, Cora also has a lot of Keith. Yeah, she's Keith, and then uh, Bowen Zach. So by Mako, <laughs> <laughs> who also ends up single <laughs> after cheating. Oh. After cheating. Uh, this is all lining up too well. Oh, but sorry, you guys. Spoilers for Book One of Korra, but go watch Book One of Korra still because it's still a great show. Um, and not he's terrible. It's just they didn't know what to do with the character because the show was going to be a limited run of one season. Nickelodeon kept lying to them and messing with them, and they kept having to change. Oh, you're getting more episodes. Oh, you're getting fewer episodes, etc. Constantly, as so they had didn't know what to do for certain characters, which is not the fault of the writers. But. I would, I'd love to read an Azula comic. That sounds cool. Like, just Azula. Yeah. And maybe they'll make Mako interesting. But yay on this. Yay. We got th- multiple Velma newses in the same it's week. Been qu- it's been quite a week for Velma. And different Velmas. <laughs> uh, let's start with gay Velma. <laughs> um, in the Scooby-Doo movie uh, Trick or Treat, which is animated in like the old like 60s style Scooby-Doo which I love uh, they made Velma canonically a queer one she is at least interested in women we don't know if she's lesbian or if she's bisexual or pansexual but she sees a woman we, she gets cartoony Google eyes for her yes and if you when that happened if you date that day that happened if you google the word Velma the lesbian pride flag started floating down uh, it was great so that's great yay also, it's not news. If you've seen Velma in anything, she was always it's, it's gay. It's apparent. <laughs> uh, especially um, in... What was that thing? Mystery Incorporated. Because they tried to make her gay. They were not allowed to at the time. So they made her always off when she was with Shaggy. And then they, to make the audience know it didn't feel right. And then afterwards, she was more free and more happy. And then in the James Gunn films that he wrote, he was not allowed to make her gay. He went to R-rated movies. He couldn't do it. He was told no a lot. Which, imagine seeing James Gunn's R-rated Scooby-Doo movies. Oh, God. I would be fascinated to see what those would be like. Other Velma news, the Velma show, uh, we got the cast list as well as the character designs. So, awesome. I am very excited for this. Uh, I think, I know Mindy Kaling is voicing Velma. I think she also created it. Yes. And Sam uh, Richardson, who was just in Hocus Pocus 2 also, is Norville Shaggy Rogers. People are now learning that Nor- uh, Shaggy's name was Norville. Bitch, I've always known. <laughs> Norville's awesome. Uh, when, when I first saw it, when it said uh, Sam Richardson is Norville, I'm like, what? And then I had to think for a second. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Constance Wu was playing an East Asian Daphne. Love that. Oh, yeah. Also, Simerson is playing a black Shaggy, which is awesome as well. Um, And then we have the one white guy is still Fred. <laughs> which that <laughs> I, feel, makes I feel like it has to be. Glenn Howerton, who's playing Fred. If he is not like Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny Philadelphia, what is the point? <laughs> Oh, I pictured Glenn Powell just then. Yes. <laughs> Glenn Howerton. Okay. 
The, this is a phenomenal cast. This is a phenomenal decision. There's no Scooby-Doo in this show. So, I don't know about that part. I think at some it, point, Norville will get a dog. I, I think what they're probably going to do is for the first season, see how it works. Um, and if people are really like, I want Scooby in this, then they'll probably add him. But it's going to be weird to see a talking dog in this, because uh, this is like an R-rated, like, you know, more adult version of the Scooby-Doo world. He doesn't world. need to talk. You could have it so he only talks during their drug trips. There you go. That's how you do it. Or just don't have him talk at all. There's versions of Scooby-Doo where he doesn't, where Scooby's not actually talky. You know, because it's, it's like he's a dog. It's always been kind of implied that he's not actually talking. He's actually, in Mr. Incorporated, he's actually a god. Um, <laughs> okay, you're in season one. He's a literal deity trapped in this in the body of an animal. What? That's amazing. But yay on all the Velma news. Yay, indeed. We get big news with Deadpool 3 happened. Quite big. Surprising, indeed. Wolverine, Hugh Jackman is coming back. Yay. And big nay. yay. I'm gonna say one thing. One thing I don't like about this, and I'll move on. And it's not it has nothing to do with him being in Logan. That's fine. The thing for me I don't like is that it makes it harder for the audiences to move on now to another Wolverine, even harder. Bringing him back keeps him in the public consciousness as Wolverine even longer. So they cast someone else, and it makes it even harder for that person to play Wolverine later on in the I, MCU. I think no matter what, though, because of how long he played him, I think no matter what, when it was going to happen, I still I think that people were going to be like, oh, it doesn't compare to Hugh. He's already kind of in the MCU here with this movie. But give him the suit. Give him the yellow spandex. Give him the weird, like, weird eyes on his face. The weird wings. Uh, you know. I just want it to be a movie where... Deadpool kidnaps Hugh Jackman and makes him reenact uh, all the scenes from the excellent movies while Hugh Jackman feels like that he's losing his mind. Yes. Don't have him be Wolverine. Have him be Hugh Jackman. Please. That would be so funny. They also did a reply video about what does all this mean? What all, all your questions? And they put music over it while they, lips, while they just said random stuff. Um, oh, it's, it was great. very funny. I'm, and I'm so excited. Lip syncing has been done. To see, oh, not lip syncing. Uh, lip reading has been done to see what they're actually saying, and it's things like, and then a boom happens, and then ah, uh, then I attack him, and he grabs me, and then we throw each other on the ground, and it's a big party, and you know, balloons everywhere, and we have fun, and it's meant to be just nonsense talking. So wonderful. Didn't actually spoil anything in that at all, but it looks fun. Yay! Oh, hard yay! We have numerous Blade movie messes happening. <sighs> and there are rumors that here which we should take with a grain of salt, but then things were kind of low-key confirmed when the director actually left. We'll get into that in one second. Blade movie. Let's start with just the rumor things that happened before the director left. The first thing was that Maharshala Ali, who's playing Blade, was frustrated with the process overall. The script was 90 pages long, which is fine. If it's a really good script and stuff, it's fine. Um, it said it features two lackluster action sequences, which again does not need to be the end all be all. Deadpool, the first one, only had about two action sequences, also. Not a big deal. And that Kevin Feige was spread too thin, and then over all these projects, and made it more frustrating, even more so for Marshall Ali. And that was all via The Insider. Or The Insider. Um, and and reported again in Culture Crave. So, we don't know that that's fully really true, but the director did leave after that point. So. We'll get into that one second. T- Josh, taking this as it's true, how would you feel about this? Uh, 
I feel like that if this was true, some of it could be like cause for concern. Like the Feige stuff, like does make sense just because of everything that's happening. But he also like you know isn't the only one that's you know on set as producer making sure things goes. He's got you know executive producers under him that know what he wants. Um, but then like the ninety pages script, that one doesn't concern me at all. If you've read movie scripts or if you see movie scripts, you know that like that's kind of a general like good length. And if for action movies, like they're not supposed to be the most in depth like of written kind of things. Like hell, Inception's uh, hallway fight scene, it was just all Nolan wrote was they fight. So like yeah, they could they could write like the most expansive thing ever, or they could write the most minimal thing ever. So like you can't really judge an action scene based on how it's written in the Agreed. script. Yes, fully agree with that part. Uh, I do believe Kevin is probably spread too thin. That's probably true. There's so many products, and we don't have like we don't have breathing room between these products either. Like I can't keep up, not because I don't want to. I don't have the time right now, um, and that's kind of upsetting because I get spoiled for things I want to watch. And I think that if they slow down a little bit. It could be beneficial overall. The entire Infinity Saga was in 10 years, and the entire Multiverse Saga is in, like, 5. So I get it. Uh, I can understand also being Mahershala and then calling up Feige after he won an Oscar, and then saying, hey, I want to be Blade, getting cast as Blade officially about two years later when it was announced, and then nothing happens with it, really. That'd be very frustrating. Yeah, it's a bit weird. So if that's all true, I'm giving that part a nay. It's sad. I have I have more news on this though, Josh, because things kept coming and they don't stop coming. As always. So the script for Blade after that point was reportedly being rewritten from scratch, with Bo DeMeo uh, leading the overhaul after impressing Kevin Feige with writing on Moon Knight and the upcoming X Men '97 series, and that's from the direct. Um, interesting if that's true, being rewritten completely from scratch. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, fr- from scratch, we obviously don't know. I'm willing to bet that there's still going to be elements from the original draft that will make its way into this new one. That's still from scratch, though. That means they're starting from page one rewriting something. No, no, no. I know that. Like, The Rise of Skywalker, the original writers still had credit on the new script from Abrams and uh, Chris Terrio. Like, they still u- use stuff from their versions. What they use, obviously, we don't know. But I'm willing to bet that stuff is going to transfer from the original to this new one. Um, yeah, it's messy. <laughs> it's a big mess. Uh, and then the last part of this is they got a new director now. So this also the movie is supposed to shoot, start production four days ago originally, and it comes out next year. So I'm willing, I'm willing to bet they'll push it back. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be that that big of a deal if they push it back. They lost the director, uh, Bassam Tariq, and have they been replaced yet, actually? They haven't been replaced, but I think because of, like, you know, the delays of the production, he had to leave it because of scheduling conflicts with other stuff. I've been hearing people say, like, Jordan Peele should direct it. I kind of want him to just direct more original stuff. I agree. I, overall, interesting, though. It is interesting, indeed. I'm still looking forward to it, though. Overall, this Blade news, I'm giving it a, a nay because it's a little sad seeing stuff going poorly for Marvel at any point. Yeah. Caleb McLaughlin, who you might know from Stranger Things, who plays Lucas in that show, he wants to play Static from Static Shock in live action. Ooh. I don't think that DC is in a place right now where that will work out. Anything DC announces, I'm like, uh-huh, I'm sure that's going to happen. I'm fine with this casting, though. If it if it happened, I'm sure. Why not? Yay. I give yay. Ready to get mad, Josh? Oh, always. MGM Plus is happening. Why? Another streaming service solely for MGM. But they're owned by Amazon. I know. There's no point to this. I know. Amazon's going to make even more money this way. This doesn't make... Okay, whatever. Sure. You upset? I'm upset. I'm not going to subscribe until they uh, realize that they have no subscribers and have to do like a $20 for a whole year subscription like Peacock did recently. So nay. Oh, big nay. Not everything needs a streaming service, but companies don't seem to understand this. Here's a fun thing. If it, Let's change one like it's true, okay? It's a rumor right now. The rumor is that Harrison Ford was approached by Marvel as a top choice to replace Hurt as General Thaddeus Ross in Thunderbolts. And maybe going forward... But he's like 80 years old, and he hates his life, so we'll see what happens. We don't know if he turned it down yet or not, or if he accepted it, or if whatever. If it's true, Josh, thoughts? This man would not care at all. (laughs) Like, I... He'll be like, oh, fine, I'll do it for the money. But, like, he would be driven more insane in interviews, I think, for this than he would be for, like, Star Wars. Because, like, people would be asking him, like, what do you think of, like, interacting with all these, like, superheroes and characters in this world? He'd be like, who? He'd be forced to play dumb games with interviewers of, like, okay, which person's beard is this? Whose arm is that? He would probably, he would lose his mind. (laughs) I want to see his casting solely for the PR. Oh, that that media interview cycle would be so much fun to watch Harrison Ford be insane. 
Also, he has no mustache, so it's a nay. He currently has no he, mustache. He can grow one. Also, where does Thaddeus Ross's mustache go when he becomes Red Hulk? It's never addressed in comics ever. So, like, it just disappears when he becomes Red Hulk? Yeah. Oh, and it goes right back. That's weird. It's like Jed's hair or, like, Bruce's hair. They change their, almost their time and they, when they change. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just a Hulk thing, I guess. <laughs> I'm more impressed with the growing back of the hair, the mustache every time. It's like, yeah, you needed this. Come back. Uh, I want this to be true. I would like him to publicly say, I turned this shit down. <laughs> also, I generally think that you can recast almost any actor if they pass, but that's so not out of disrespect because usually that character doesn't belong to an actor, etc. Um, Thunderbolt Ross is a cool character who I think you can continue on, continue on with. But if he did this, if he signed up for this, he'd do it for maybe maximum two films, right? He would not do it for, like, you know, 20-plus films. He'd probably be like, it's either one and done or maybe a trilogy. And that's a big maybe. I'm looking up his age. He is... He's, like, he's about 80. He's 80, exactly. Yeah. So, he also couldn't do this for maybe 10 more years anyway. Just because living. That's sad to think about. All right, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) I give this a yay. Make him our new Red Hulk, please. I'll give it a yay. The PR would be a nightmare. Community movie is officially happening again. Like, it's been confirmed, confirmed by the cast. Cool. Makes me very happy. Awesome. Moving on from that, I'm happy with that. Oh, yeah, Seasons Beatings, the David Harbour movie. We're getting a... We got a trailer for uh, Violent Night, a R-rated, like, abduction-saving movie, Die Hard style, with Santa Claus, with David Harbour Santa Claus. I love fun and insane ideas like this, so this makes me very happy. Yay. I give yay. We also got a trailer... We got an announcement that they're making a Five Nights at Freddy's movie under Blumhouse. Yes, this has been in the work for, like, since, like, 2015 or something like that. (laughs) I think originally Chris Columbus was attached to direct at one point, but he might have stepped... I know he stepped down from a director. He might still be on as, like, a producer... Apparently, they're using uh, Jim Hansen's uh, animatronics studio uh, to make the animatronics for this. So that has me excited. Cool. Dottie is returning in Coven of Chaos from WandaVision. Which, right, I mean... Which definitely leads I, to the theories that people had out she's more than just a civilian there. So who knows? Yeah, I'm very curious what Coven make of her Chaos Mephisto. is going to be like. Make her Mephisto officially. <laughs> Make Marvel's gonna be, Marvel's just gonna keep teasing Mephisto, but it's never gonna show Mephisto. Make her, make everyone else vindicated that he's that she actually is Mephisto the whole time because she said one line that the devil's in the details. That's why I love Marvel fans just picking out like picking apart like the smallest little things. Is that like you know that's something big? It's just like it's she just said words. Destin Daniel Creighton, who directed Shang Chi, is officially officially confirmed to be directing King Dynasty. He confirmed it himself this time. Yay! Uh, yay! I'm uh, excited. I'm still curious who they're going to pick for Secret Wars. I don't know. They have a writer, which I'm not going to talk about today. I have on the notes. I'm looking at it right now. I don't want to talk about it, so we're not going to talk about the writer for uh, Secret Wars. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to get mad right now. We don't have time for it. Mario movie trailer happened, though, Josh. You know what? I'm honestly looking forward to it. The animation looks really good. Uh, Jack Black as Bowser surprised me. Like He's got a great voice for it. 
Chris Pratt as Mario is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Like Here we come. <laughs> it's it's the weirdest like New York type accent. At least he's doing an accent. Is he though? Maybe he's on doing some, some on some he's lines. Doing something. something. That's all that matters. <laughs> he is doing something. Oh God. I mean, I've, it it kind of makes me mad though that people are just like, oh, he's a terrible voice actor. He's not. He just isn't a voice actor that does like different voices. Yeah, there's a lot of voice actors who does who do their own voice. Many voice actors do their own voice. It's not uncommon. But then don't cast Chris Pratt. But it's money. Not, this is Illumination. It's Mario would make money. <laughs> but and Illumination, the, they need celebrities. Have you seen the Sing movies? I think it should have gone a route like Ben Schwartz, how it's a voice similar to the original games, but unique enough that it can that can work. Yeah, because like as you, I, I don't know if it was you or Taj that sent it, but like there's an ad for yeah, like a Mario ad. sports yeah. game, like from like a decade ago. It's like ten minutes, and it's Charles Martinetti as Mario, full on like speaking full sentences and stuff as Mario for ten minutes. It's oh. also I, no offense to Charles Martinet, but it was, it's not pleasant. There's there's a reason that there aren't extended dialogue sequences for Mario, and why he only says, like, five words. I don't like that he said, Mushroom Kingdom, here we come, instead of, Mushroom Kingdom, here we go! He never I mean, said- that was probably a line just, like, made for the trailer, I'm willing to bet. I think he phoned it in at home. Quite literally phoned it in at home. <laughs> well, I think that's what they all had to do because of COVID and everything. That man's insane. Anyway, this movie looks really fun. The cast is phenomenal. Hearing just Charlie Day's grunts and noises as Luigi works so well. So I saw someone put like um, a clip from "It's Always Sunny" like over the little Luigi clip of it. It works too well. Did you know that those are the uh, penguins from Mario sixty four? I did not know that. I was very confused when I saw penguins because I rarely see penguins in Mario. That about it also looks stunning. It's gorgeous. Illumination just their animation keeps getting better. Now the writing doesn't, which is a shame, but like they are they look amazing every time. Now Josh, so yay overall in this trailer? I'll give it a yay. King and Michael Key alone, fantastic toad. <laughs> Everyone is trying so hard besides Chris Pratt. I would say he's not trying hard. He's just not trying in the right way. He's not trying at all to me. But do a, a whole Sonic 180. Bully the studio. Get someone else now. <laughs> nah, it's, nah, they know to not recast Chris Pratt because they know people are going to be like, I have to go see this just to see if it works or not. It's it's what's going to lead to Garfield's success. I think that's why they cast him in Garfield. To me, Garfield for him worked better than Mario, though. I don't know. Yeah. At least cast someone who has a, a Brooklyn accent. You know what it's time for? Things that it's we say words to. spooky time! Ooh, we are in October now. It's October 9th while we're recording this. So, as always, though, news comes out an hour after we're done. That's huge. <laughs> um, every single time it happens. Like the last it's one's trailer dropped last time. Uh, it happens constantly. It's it's so funny. So, that's going to happen again. But that's why I say what day it is so people know, hey... If news comes out, also, if we t- didn't talk about something that happened this past two weeks that you want us to have talked about, email it in. We'll talk about it next time. Send an email to podgeekspeak at gmail.com, and we will talk about 
whatever you want us to talk about. We'll talk about what's better, a hot dog or a taco. We'll talk about what's, what's going to win in a fight, a grilled cheese or a cup. You never know. So, whatever you want. It's a time of spooky season. It is. There are a lot of very fun and good spooky movies to watch this month before Hallow's Eve. Indeed. Not just horror, but spooky movies in general that are really fun. And yes, any Scooby-Doo you can pick, that's fine. I'm going to choose at least one Scooby-Doo movie on this list, and then the rest will be probably non-Scooby-Doo related, because otherwise it's just a whole lot of movies from one franchise. Do you have a, a first pick for a, a good spooky movie to get people in the spooky time mood, Josh? A recent one that I really enjoyed that uh, gave me good spooks was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Is that, isn't that not a horror film? Is that, is that not a horror film, no, or is it? Is it? I mean, I guess so. I'm trying to say non-horror films, Josh. Come oh, on. Well, we have more things on the list. Okay, um, cool. But is, it's a good, I, though, one. It's a good, though, one? Yes. If you grew up with the books as a kid uh, and love like the creepy monster designs and stuff, then this will definitely fit float your boat. Uh, what is it like? Is it like a little vignettes, different stories? No, uh, rather than doing like an anthology type of thing, it actually is telling like one whole story, but it involve it figures out a interesting way to bring all the stories together and make it work. Well, not all the stories; so it's only like a couple of them. Um, but I found it to be interesting and surprisingly creepy for a movie that technically isn't aimed for kids, but it also is because they were kids' books. Interesting. I would also say people should watch the Halloween Ten movies. We've talked about those movies on this podcast so far. I think we still have at least one to go. Wait, but... we we can't watch Stepsister for, for Playing Weird. We gotta watch the other two Halloween Town movies. Both of them? There's only two of them. We can do it. Okay. That'll be fun. So we have Halloween Town 3 and 4 next, I guess. Joy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say a good spooky movie to watch is if you like Scooby-Doo, Go watch um, On Zombie Island. It's a fantastic Ooh, movie. Yes. It's great. It's my favorite Scooby movie. It's the first one that really that where monsters were real in the universe. Um, and it follows the, the gang when they are together at, like, they're all separated in life. They've all gone on. They've moved on. Uh, Velen runs a, a bookshop. Um, Daphne's a reporter. Fred's her l- little lapdog cameraman. Uh, Shaggy's just doing shit. <laughs> he's doing what Shaggy does, and he's just vibing. <laughs> it's a good time. It's very fun, though. I think he's in a chef or something, but it's a really fun movie. It's very spooky. It may be ignore the Confederate zombies being the good guys, but other than that, <laughs> um, it's really fun. What next for you, Josh, in the list of spookies? The Jack Black Goosebumps movie. I've yet to see it. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's not like the like the show or books where it kind of like just chooses one. It's basically like all of R.L. Science creation who Jack Black plays. They come like to life. They spring out of the books. The kids got to figure out like, oh, how do we stop this? It's a, it's a lot of fun. Nice. We watched last year at Halloween Beetlejuice, which has yeah. no plot. It uh, really doesn't. But it's a good. It's one of those films that doesn't need the plot to work. I also don't like Beetlejuice the character himself in that movie. He's kind of just a, a, a sexual predator. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit weird when you look at the plot. But like, he's also a demon, so I mean, it makes sense. Um, 
it's really fun though, and it's fun Tim Burton vibes and Winona Ryder's being. It's young, young Winona Ryder, and she's being very fun and silly and having to be all drab and dreary like this for a lot of the movie. Uh, the whole the whole cast is fantastic. Yeah, it's the McAllister mom is in it. Uh, she's so great. It's good though. Good movie. It's fun. Ooh, that's a fun one, Josh. Ghostbusters. That is a fun one. Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Afterlife and Ghostbusters 2016 are all fun. I've not seen Ghostbusters them. 2 is eh. I've not seen it. But eh. people give way too much hate on the 2016 one for it being women. It's still fun. That that was the first time I remember just seeing like so much hate just because it was women. I'm like, this is stupid. You're all idiots. It's just the same it's just a cast of comedians having fun like like how the first one was. Uh they they shouldn't have all been the funny one. That's part of kind of a problem. But other yeah. than that, it was a really good time. Some jokes overstayed their welcome. Some were not enough. Uh, the third act kind of falls apart a bit. Chris Hemsworth is a delight. Um, it's really fun. Yep. Spooky. I think the first one is still the best out of all of them. But that's yeah, just because th- their chemistry is amazing. Yeah. I'd go first, then Afterlife, then 2016, then 2. Is 2 worth watching still? I mean, like, I because uh, like the Howley movies, they're all bridges in the timeline. <laughs> it goes Ghostbusters one, and then Ghostbusters two. It goes Ghostbusters one, and then twenty sixteen. It goes Ghostbusters one, and then Afterlife. They're not at all connected in that way, which I think is really fascinating. Well, no, twenty sixteen doesn't exist uh, in that world. It's a whole separate thing. That's and right. Afterlife technically is the true third Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, but. You also ignore the second one a bit there. It's fine. Fun, though. Yes. Uh, next up for me uh, is Monsters vs. Aliens. Really? I enjoy it. I love the cast, and I think that it's a fun, it's a fun premise. Uh, it's not like a Halloween type of movie, but, like, you know, it's got monsters, and it. it's like, why it's not? Good. It's got <laughs> It's got what the title promises. No, this one's horror, but not horror in the fact that it's not meant to be scary, but it's, like has horror elements but what we do in the shadows by taika waititi <laughs> um, if you don't like taika waititi's mcu films doesn't matter it does not like that at all it's very fun though it is a delight it's got vampires and werewolves and it's got some more serious sort of things in it but it's a mockumentary about vampires it's great i love it it's very fun and i it's now a tv show as well that's doing pretty well i think yeah i from what i've seen of the show it's very funny do you enjoy the movie? I do. It is very funny. I don't think it's like my favorite of his, but it's still very good. I've only seen his MCU films, that film, and Hunt for the Little People. I gotta see Jojo Rabbit. That's good. Hunt for the Little People is still so far my favorite of his films. That is also very good. Honestly, a lot of Tim Burton movies you can just consider under the spooky umbrella, like Corpse Bride, even Batman, like his original one, is spooky vibes. Well, definitely more Batman Returns. Returns. Yeah, that's- <laughs> Casper. Casper is really fun. Have you I haven't it? seen Casper in a very long time. Casper is in the same has the same energy to me as Haunted Mansion, but I don't remember Haunted Mansion. I remember Casper. I think I've seen most of Haunted Mansion. It's got any I don't know. I know it does. And now they're making it with ScarJo. But aside from like Jared Leto being in that, like the He's cast in it? the new one. Oh the He's new in one. It. Oh, I think it's the original one. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's uh, the new one seems fun still. What the fuck is Spooky Buddies? 
<laughs> I just loved that, like, for the longest time, Disney just saw the Air Bud series. It was just like, let's make them puppies and let's have them, like, go to space and, like, save Santa. Right. Air Bud was just a dog doing the sports. It was and more logical than this. Well, the first Air Buddies movie, like, was more logical. That they were just like, screw it, let's launch him into space and see what happens. If I'm correct, in Air Bud, he doesn't, doesn't like, talk either in any sense. Like, in this one, they have telepathic dog communication in these movies. Look, I find it best to not question it. <laughs> have you seen Double Double Toil and Trouble? I've not seen that. It's on I Hulu. What? I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's from 93. That doesn't help. <laughs> okay. Young Frankenstein's uh, good spooky. That is a fun time. You were in the musical. I was. It was fun. Who did you play, Josh? Just to tell the audience. I played Victor Frankenstein, the grandfather of the main character, Frederick Frankenstein. Mean- I get to yell at him and sing a song to him that he's an idiot. Frankenstein? Yes. I've not watched the movie in a long time. I watched it one time in a car. It's very fun. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, the Babysitter movies on Netflix. Those are a lot of fun. We should have done this as a draft pick. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Babysitter movies? I... So they are worth watching then. Oh, yeah, they are tons of fun. Okay, I've not watched them yet because I'm like, this look weird, but I guess I'll give it a chance then. They're, they're fun uh, horror comedies, and I say horror lightly. They're really not like at all intended to be scary. They got the fun vibes of it, but the, the cast is just so good. Nice. R- Robbie Amell? Not Robbie Amell? Yeah, Robbie Amell is in it, the and he's so one. funny. Um, yes. <laughs> all of Adam's family is spooky vibe. Yeah. I still need to see the, them before the Wednesday show. We can watch them together. It'd be fun. Have you watched he, Coraline? I've not seen it. I, I actually recently rewatched it. Uh, I saw it when I was a kid, uh, and it terrified me so much that I never wanted to see it again. And then I finally rewatched it. I'm like, that's so bad. The nice. stop motion is, of course, fantastic and beautiful. It's from the director of Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's based on a book by Neil Gaiman. Creative premise... And just, again, creepy, but in a good way. It's a nice horror movie for kids to be able to watch. Wait, the next Halloween Town movies are Return to Halloween Town and Halloween Town High? I think it's Halloween Town High, then Return to Halloween Town. Either way. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm excited. Honestly, Maybe a, we'll get a uh, block face uh, kid again. A good spooky one that's a decom is Don't Look Under the Bed. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. It has spooky vibes. The Hotel Transylvania series, that is a fantastic series to watch during Halloween. Have you seen um, that movie? You gotta be a little bit more specific than Monster that. Monster House? Back when I was a kid. I watched it for the first time in 2019. I don't like it that much. I don't like the animation for it. Like It kind of weirds me out. Um, it, is a, it is a weird style for a Sony animated movie. But I learned it's not fully animated. It's all motion capture. They acted all of it. Interesting. There's, there's footage, like you can see them. Like, it's fully performance capture. That's why it looks rougher and weirder because it's completely CG. It's just they made it try to look like they try to make it look like an animated CG cartoon by doing mocap, and it turned out a little weird. Yeah, because like the year before that came out, Polar Express did motion capture, but it was a lot more smooth. Yeah, and I think that's why this one looks worse. But it's still cool they did that. Go ahead, watch that, y'all. It's fun. Girl vs. Monsters at DCOM we have to watch at some point, Josh. Uh, I remember seeing the ads for that when I was a kid. Came out in 2013. You know what? I don't care. I'm going to say the Venom movies. 
They're not really horror movies, but you know what? Screw it. Why not? They're fun. Oh, God. That's funny. Specifically the second one. If you watch any, watch the second one. That one you'll have the most fun with. My favorite movie to watch on Halloween is Nightmare Before Christmas. I think it's great vibes. I think it's a great time. I know, I know. It's a Christmas movie. It's a Halloween movie. Whatever. Watch it on both. (laughs) It works on either holiday. Did you watch Muppets Haunted Mansion? Not yet. I might. It's not great because the – I mean, it's fun, but Kermit's voice pisses me off. I hate the new actor so much. Did you see recently there was an uh, an ad spot that involved Kermit? And it, no, they were not trying at all. I I don't know what's up with him, but I don't like it. No one likes it. Why haven't they changed him? I may hate this movie, but I love the Halloween vibes of it. The Adam Sandler, Hubie Halloween uh, Netflix God. movie. I hate the movie, but I love the vibes of Halloween in it. So it like, is spooky? It's, no. Okay. But just like, the, it's so drenched in Halloween that like I gotta respect it for that. But, like, I don't like it. I don't think it's funny. I know there's people that like it and think it's funny. Like, more power to you. So, like, if you like Adam Sandler movies, like his comedies, then you'll probably like this one if you haven't seen it. I know we mentioned it earlier, but we have not mentioned during this segment. Hocus Pocus, both of them. Oh, yeah. We already said our opinions on it earlier, but, like, that's spooky. It's fun. Yeah. The second one, the first one talks about sex a lot. <laughs> it does. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's, like, about not just about being a virgin, like they talked about a bus driver in that movie, and it's, it's like, it's like we're looking for children. He's like, it's gonna take me a few tries, but I can get there. I'm like, what the fuck? This like is it's, it's got surprising, it's got a surprising amount of adult humor for a Disney movie. The second one does not have as much of that stuff. That doesn't surprise me. But it is, does still talk about virgins, and there's a kid in that movie who asked their mom, "What's a virgin?" in the movie, <laughs> and it they gave an answer. So, that's fun. I just rewatched this recently. Uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. That's spooky? In, in, way, in certain ways, it's much more of an action kind of movie. And, like, I hadn't seen it in almost a decade. It held up way more than I thought it did. Like, it's got some surprisingly, like, good effects, like, uh, practical-wise. Like, there's a troll in it done entirely practical. Like, it's kind of amazing. And, like, the rest of the film, I think, is fine. But, like, it's honestly fun. And two episodes from now will be our episode about Halloween Ends. Um, oh yay! So that should hopefully be a more fun one than our last episode, last Halloween about Halloween Kills, because that one was not. It, it was fun, but, but not the way happened. it intended. Nothing happened, and now it's been five years since Michael Myers disappeared. Explain just, that, please. <laughs> like the man likes to kill, and he was just like, oh, "I'm gonna rest for a couple of years." But also, just the fact that he even got away makes no sense of how it worked. Again, why did they not shoot him in the head? They had guns. That small town definitely had guns. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> the Nun. I'm not watching it. It's horror, but I'm, I just saw that on the spooky list here. Is it good? I haven't heard good things. It's it's one of those Conjuring spinoff films that just like I've not heard great things about. If there's any Conjuring movies to watch, watch the first and second one. And then um, the second Annabelle movie is actually really good. That's a prequel, um, so you don't need to see the first one. And then the third one is fine. It's not great. Um, and then the third Conjuring movie is eh. That's interesting. This says that on this list of, oh god, on adolescent movies for spooky movies, Halloween... An adolescent flick. 
Uh, also <laughs> under spooky movies is The Goonies. I don't agree with that. I guess they're... No. Yeah. There's like, one, there's like one or two creepy scenes, but like it's not a horror movie. It's not spooky either. It, it's kids going to find pirate treasure. I guess Nosferatu works for that. It's not It's not really true horror. It's the story of Dracula, but they couldn't have rights for it, so they just renamed it. That's literally it. Um, That can work. That's spooky. We need more spooky movies, I'm learning. Josh, pick the top three best horror movies that fit the vibe of Halloween to you, besides Halloween itself. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go with Scream for the first one. Yeah, Scream's a good one. They fit the vibes of Halloween. Oh, that's tough. Or something that you, could, that you should watch for Halloween time. A trick or Treat, that one, uh, fits the vibes very well. What's that one with So You Think, that series? Is that good for that? Fear Street. Uh, yeah, but that, that, pro- that one, I think, uh, can also fit well. Uh, but Trick or Treat, an anthology film um, that is a bunch of different like small stories set during Halloween night. Um, very fun. Fun. The I... Cabin in the Woods, I would say, is a is one that because it just it buys so much about the horror genre that it could work perfectly for Halloween. I don't know. There's a lot of fun movies. The Halloween series, I think, is still a fun Halloween time horror series. We watched. Yep. We've seen some of those movies. Josh, maybe this year we should watch Halloween 2, the actual sequel. Which Halloween 2? There's two of them. Not H2O. <laughs> that, that, that's, no, not that one. Um, oh, The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. That yeah, fits spooky vibes. Anything by Mike Flanagan, so like, um, Dr. Sleep, Hush, um, just Midnight Mass, just any kind of thing he's made, yes. He also just has a new Netflix series out called The Midnight Club, where it's a bunch of kids um, in a hospital that tell spooky stories uh, to each other, and it starts to go bad when I think they start to come alive. I think that's the premise. Another good horror movie to watch around Halloween, if you want to watch an actual, like, scary horror movie, It, I think would be a good one. Yes, that is a great one to choose for that. Because it's a good, it has clowns, you know, that's, that's always spooky. <laughs> Clowns are spooky for some people. They are. I don't I don't get it. I mean, you know, if it's like, you know, Pennywise where he's trying to murder me, sure, I could be spooked I'm, by that. We can watch Mater and the Ghost Light. I have seen that. Isn't there also a Shrek Halloween special? Yes, there is, and it's wonderful. Actually, a lot of TV shows, special, like cartoon, have Halloween specials, and they're usually pretty fun. Like, there's a really fun Fairly Odd Parents one. Yeah, the Fairly Odd Parents one is great. Uh, Gravity Falls has a great one. That's true. Uh, Summerween. Of course, The Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror. Oh, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine um, Halloween specials. Oh, of Halloween course! Heist. Yes! I think the Halloween Heist is the perfect way to end this with spooky, fun vibes that's not horror-y that everyone should go watch. You can watch them out of context besides one of them. You I think it's like the, la- the last two, I think. Well... Because I don't yeah, want yeah, without, without spoiling the entire show, the last two. Yeah. And I'm going to end our thing with a super weird story, as always. You ready for it, Josh? Hit me. Okay, I'll punch when I see you again. I don't know. <laughs> you deserve it. I'm kidding. I'm pulling out my book again, The League of Regrettable Superheroes. Cool. Because we usually get fun things from this, even though they're usually nonsense. Here's one that's not all spooky. You ready for it? The sure. secret story is called Nature Boy. <laughs> uh, he, does, he does not wear pants, first off. What? He d- Was he sitting in like a pot with like dirt around him? No, no. He is wearing tights like how Robin didn't used to wear pants, just the tights and the boots. 
Same okay. kind of idea. He wears a bright yellow spandex long sleeve shirt and a big red belt. And that's his clothes. His uh, He's created by Jerry Siegel and John Buscema. Now, if you don't know, Jerry Siegel is one of the co-creators of Superman. So that's fun. Uh, okay, so this is like in the 40s or 50s? 1956. Okay, so this makes a little bit more sense. By Charlton Comics. He's the master of wind, rain, and fire. So he's the Avatar. <laughs> uh, he, of course, came out during the Comics Code Authority. So, get ready for some nonsense. Okay. So, the most uh, Jerry Siegel's most famous creation with, was with Joel Schuster creating Superman, but he also created dozens of other characters, and one of which, which we talked about before with, was Funny Man. But he's also created characters like the Star-Spangled Kid, and Stripesy, and Robot Man, and Mr. Muscles, and Nature Boy, which is this character. The story of Nature Boy begins in a private plane. <laughs> of course, he's rich. Tossed by terrible winds over a rocky sea. Inside, Myra Crandrell uh, snaps at her husband, Floyd. You were out of your mind to take the baby and me along a sky joyride, despite weather warnings. <laughs> and then he says, No time for reclamations! Okay. Alright. Uh, the plane nosedives immediately into the tumultuous waves below. Just imagine it's just like flying normally. Then... <laughs> uh, Floyd and Myra are rescued by a passing fishing boat, but baby David is nowhere to be seen and is assumed drowned. That is, until he shows up unharmed at the front door of the Crangel family estate only moments later. What? Okay. <laughs> Delivered on a gust of wind. <laughs> Was this the Grinch? So, the baby lost at sea was actually picked up and flown all the way to the right house. That's amazing. What great wind. Right? Thank you, Air. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, what happened to the interim? It seems that baby David's sinking form was intercepted by a council of gods who were hanging out underwater for no apparent reason. <laughs> cool. Taking pity on the poor infant, the deities adopted him as their own and then returned him to his family home. Evidently, adoption means something different to supernatural figureheads. Is he Percy Jackson? Yes. David grows up to become Nature Boy, a crusader for good, and trusted with a fraction of the power of his adopted godparents, only a few of whom are familiar to anyone who gave Edith Hamilton's mythology a passing glance. I don't know what that means, but that's fine. There's the well-known Neptune, but also Gusto, the god of air. Uh, Gusto. Fura, ruler of fire. Eartha, who, predictably enough, rules the earth. <laughs> of course. And then Allura, Azura, Electra, and Friga, who command the realms of love, sky, electricity, and cold. Friga does not command cold, to my knowledge, in Norse mythology, so that's interesting. His title also featured the appearance of Nature Man, possibly Nature Boy, as an adult and nature girl who protected the jungle by wielding the powers of gravity. What the fuck? Okay. Oh, I'm almost done. This, this is not a very long story. Unusual for a superhero, Nature Boy needed to appeal to his benefactors to deliver the tools to fight crime and injustice. Lightning bolts, which he was able to ride, powerful winds, earthquakes, and so on. 
pretty much the only power David seemed to, to acquire on his own is the ability to change back and forth between his heroic and civilian identities, which he does in a flash, accompanied by his genuinely odd, if enthusiastic, exclamation, LET HER RIP! <laughs> so this man shouts, let her rip, sorry, this boy, who was an infant, adopted by gods, delivered back to his house, shouts, let her rip! And then suits up in a yellow spandex shirt, tights, no pants, and boots. I would just see this adapted to modern day and have his catchphrase still be that. Imagine him being one of She-Hulk's, like, uh, like, clients. Oh god, that'd be amazing. He was, in short, one of the few superheroes who had to ask permission to use his powers. That is the entirety of a- Mom, can I use my powers? <laughs> no, son. The gods are too busy. Isn't that stupid? It's so dumb. I love that. It's fantastic. I say bring Nature Boy back, you cowards. He's the newest member. He replaces uh, Ezra Miller's Flash in the Justice League. Yes. Oh, is, is Nature Boy DC or Marvel? Uh, Charlton Comics, which I don't think exists anymore in any sense. Uh, so I'm going to throw him into DC then. Because he was created by um, one of... Hold on. Yeah, Charlton Comics ended in 1986. Sounds about right. Were they bought by anyone? I'm not sure. That's for, I don't care enough to figure that out. I've, I think both DC and Marvel saw Nature Boy. They're like, nah, we don't want to buy you. But how amazing is that? That's wonderful. I just love that. <laughs> how? Do, why'd you bring your child and and your wife on this trip in the dangerous weather? No time. Crash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's our baby? Well, so it didn't say what happened to his parents because they were rescued. But we don't know past that point really what happened. They're they're Tarzan's parents. But they were rescued. It said by a fishing boat. Well, then they also, were just like. Moments later, the baby went to the house. That baby's going to die, right? Yeah, the baby's fine. If the baby's alone and they're out, out at sea, the parents, that makes no sense. Again, the baby is fine. There's no need to question it. Well, that was fun. That was our episode today. Uh, enjoy the spooky season, everyone. But you can email the show at podgeekspeak at gmail.com or tweet at us with hashtag geekspeakpod or, you know, just geekspeakpod on Twitter. And we will reply to you either in the tweet or email, but 100% you'll get a reply on the show. Josh, Indeed. where can people find you online? Oh, I'm in places. Uh, you can go to YouTube with Josh Rudolph. I do movie reviews and other stuff. It's fun times over there. Twitter at J underscore Rudy 28. Instagram at J underscore Rudy 16. And TikTok at Rudy underscore the film nerd. And you can find me on Twitter at the theater nerd, and you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at that nerd in theater. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. If you're new, please consider leaving a five star review wherever you're on right now, and consider leaving or if you're on YouTube, leave a like. Please subscribe every place you can and follow. It means a lot to us. All right, bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.